story two of gulliver the great and other dog stories by walter a dyer this librivox recording is in the public domain story two the twa dogs of glenfergus the estate of glenfergus possesses five things that are near scotch its name the lineage of its owner robert ferguson jock of the heath the scottish terrier now old deaf and house-loving and two collies wallace and bruce the only simon pure made in scotland article about the place is sandy mcnair as for terry burke of the gardens he is straight irish and no mistake sandy among his other duties has charge of the flock of registered dorsets that are at once the pride and the despair of the master handsome creatures they are possessed of a sort of artistic instinct for composing a picture on the hillside pastures of glenfergus but timid and all too often victims of swift tragedy the estate lies not in scotland but in the massachusetts berkshires in a community not yet organized about the industry of sheep raising there are dogs in that country that are strangers to the ethics of sheep-herding and they murdered the dorsets of glenfergus in spite of wire fences which were an abomination to robert ferguson anyhow the dogs got in slew tasted blood and vanished to return another day one night it was merton's restless irish terrier from over the ridge that killed a ewe and her lamb and galloped back across the hill in the full moonlight before the wrathful gaze of sandy one afternoon nicholas tom abbott's champion russian wolfhound severed home ties for a space covered the intervening ten miles with his long undulating bounds leaped the five-foot fence killed three of the flock and returned home for his dinner but the worst of all was an unknown brute that came repeatedly in the night took his toll of warm blood and escaped unseen there were apologies aplenty from neighbors and damages from a well-intentioned state but they did not bring back the slain dorsets nor soothe the wrath of the master and sandy mcnair the flock was demoralized and getting into bad condition sandy said robert ferguson with decision something has got to be done if we can't stop this killing we'll have to dispose of the sheep well said sandy i should not like to say that we could end the trouble but i would try a dog dog exclaimed mr ferguson there are too many dogs hereabout already i'm not fond enough of dogs to want to feed one on live mutton oh, i know said sandy but i think it's the only way it's the old country way and it works there fight dog with dog robert ferguson gave in at last to sandy's entreaties and one day he brought home proud wallace in his automobile and turned him over to the shepherd i got the best to be had he said a two-year-old pure scotch collie of the greystone breed see what he will do wallace was a beautiful sable with a white bib from his well-set ears to his waving tail he was an aristocrat of the aristocrats is he broken to the sheep asked sandy no replied mr ferguson he's a kennel dog but he has the blood can you train him sandy looked doubtfully at the pointed nose the narrow head the small eyes i'll try sir he said as sandy was leading wallace to the stable terry burke appeared with a basket of green peas and what have you there asked terry an elephant replied sandy dourly can you not see 
oh it looks more like a wolf or a pen wiper said terry the first thing i'd do with that dog would be to get rid of him if you've got an idea he'll herd the sheep you may as well forget it what do you know about dogs pea-gatherer asked sandy hotly terry laughed the little man asked me what i know about dogs why scotchman i was raised with dogs i've owned and bred and trained more dogs meself than you've set eyes on let me tell you something to add to your small wisdom there was a fine dog once that some folks called a collie but most folks called a shepherd dog he was a dog with a heart and a brain he could whip a bulldog and he could gentle a baby he knew as much as a christian and more than a scotchman but he's gone what has become of him ach i couldn't tell you i only know that these millionaire dog show folks have got a new collie with not room enough in his toothpick head for the sense of a pug he's a deceitful thievin', snappin automobile chasin dude and this here's one of them irishman rumbled sandy raging inside you talk like a fool and he led his new charge into the stable additional precautions were taken with the sheep until the new dog could be entrusted with their care the training of the princely but kennel-bred wallace was no easy task but sandy mcnair was patient and experienced with rare persistence he strove to win the dog's interest and affection and at length succeeded in achieving a certain degree of obedience then he rigged up a pen of hurdles in the pasture and took wallace out to try him on the sheep the first attempt was an ignominious failure wallace promptly scattered the flock and nipped their heels joyfully with difficulty sandy caught him and prevented serious damage better let him chase the automobiles advised terry tis safer but somewhere back in wallace's family tree there were sheep-dogs genuine collies of the scottish heath and the instinct of his ancestors had not been entirely bred out of him blood and sandy's perseverance began to tell and as the cold days of november passed the collie began to take a more personal interest in the sheep moreover he had become devoted to sandy and sandy to him the day the collie rounded up the meagre half-dozen and herded them successfully back into the pen was a proud one for sandy terry was forced to conceal his chagrin behind a greater volume of banter wait till he's needed to drive off the big dog in the night and then you'll see what a poor heart he has under his pretty coat but wallace was unquestionably becoming a better dog he acted with more directness and appeared to be gaining some sense of responsibility terry burke saw all this and resentment against sandy and wallace grew in his heart he left his wife to care for the greenhouse one day and returned late that night with a bundle where he had been no one knew and it was some time before it was discovered that the bundle was a dog terry kept him in his cottage as long as he could but the secret was bound to come out it was on a bright day in january that terry crossing the stable-yard came upon sandy grinning broadly i think there's a wee bear follerin you said sandy terry looked behind him there standing in the path was his dog looking up at him expectantly terry was wrathful he wanted to call the dog names and some unusually choice ones leaped to his tongue but pride and the presence of sandy restrained him go back bruce he roared and stay in the house where you belong the dog turned dejectedly about and trotted back obediently 
tis a good scotch name you give the poor thing said sandy what kind of a dog would you say it was now he cannot help the name he was christened with retorted terry passing on with unusual reticence there was no more need for secrecy and therefore terry allowed bruce to follow him about at will it was quite evident that bruce was no show-dog his pendulous ears one set higher than the other would have barred him from the ring even if there were an established class for his nearly extinct breed for terry had found somewhere a survivor of the race of old-fashioned collies or shepherd dogs a tricolored dog with a broad head and short muzzle in his eyes at least he was a superior of all the blue-ribbon dandies on the circuit it was terry's plan to supplant wallace with bruce and he took every opportunity to give him some training as circumstances allowed to this bruce responded cheerfully apparently he could learn anything an encounter between the dogs was inevitable for wallace considered glenfergus his own particular realm and it was not in him to brook the presence of an interloper bruce on the other hand was friendly by nature and the attack which immediately followed their first meeting took him so by surprise that he turned tail and ran into the greenhouse where terry repelled the pursuer with a flower-pot sandy's delight was unconcealed you should a seen the mutt beat it he said to molly the cook whom he always strove to address in her own language i've no doubt he would run from one of my lammies terry lectured his charge in private and the next time it was different the two dogs met by chance behind the carriage shed and before terry could reach them with a pail of water blood was drawn sandy and terry angry though they were realized the seriousness of the situation if the master should learn of a dog-fight on his premises that would mean the last of the dogs so because wallace was the recognized dog of glenfergus it became terry's bitter task to hold bruce in restraint and to chain him to his little packing-case kennel beside the greenhouse with the coming of spring wallace's education advanced rapidly and it was a great day of triumph for sandy when he put the dog through his paces and herded the sheep before an approving audience consisting of robert ferguson and two friends from the city he's learnt sandy cried with supreme satisfaction and later passing terry on his way to supper he could not forbear a grinning gibe you may as well send your tabby-cat away it's not needed here sandy's sense of triumph increased as the days went by and wallace was placed in charge of the flock at night dogs came sheep-hunting as of yore little dogs big dogs dogs of high and low degree for the most part they retreated before the vociferous threats of the collie and those that ventured nearer were repulsed with loss wallace had learnt and success and sandy's approbation gave him confidence then one night the black sheep-killer came the sheep were lying peacefully on the broad grassy slope of the west pasture under a spreading oak wallace lay dozing his head on his forepaws his nose and ears pointed toward the flock among the sumacs on the brow of the hill a twig snapped wallace was awake in an instant his head raised his ears cocked his nostrils quivering then a huge dark form bounded out of the shadows and down the hill wallace leaped to his feet trembling with excitement 
the invader paused a moment sniffed the air and then dashing into the midst of the flock swerved and leaped ferociously upon an old ewe that was bowled over like a bundle of wool the sheep killer sprang again but before he could close his huge jaws upon the ewe's neck there was an angry snarl an impetuous rush and wallace was at his throat the big dog crouched and tossed his head mightily and wallace was thrown off only to return to the attack with a better directed rush the sheep dashed into a hollow by the fence and huddled together in terror watching the fight on the hill the two dogs rolled over and over biting and snarling and fighting for a throat hold the enemy was heavier than wallace doubtless a more experienced fighter but wallace was quick crafty and fired with a knightly spirit that knew no fear his brass-studded collar too and his long coat baffled his antagonist who sought in vain for the crunching hold that would end the fray the angry snarling was almost incessant low menacing intense punctuated now and then by a sharp yelp of pain or fury the human inhabitants of glenfergus were asleep or at least indoors and none heard the sounds of battle save the cowering sheep and the soft-eyed gentle bruce sitting at the end of his chain down by terry burke's cottage trembling and whining softly with excitement his ears lifted his nose searching the air eagerly for some clue with a sudden snap wallace managed to bring his teeth together in the jowl of his enemy and hung on the big dog rose on his hind legs and although the collie was no small dog he was lifted clear from the ground but he hung on then again a mighty effort and wallace with a swift wrench tore the big fellow's cheek viciously howling with pain bloody and blind with rage the sheep killer rushed once more but he had lost his head wallace dodged and caught him just below the ear the big brute a coward at heart had had enough he turned and ran for the sumacs wallace a past master at hawk nipping hastening his flight at length wallace came trotting back to his trembling flock turning for a moment on the brow of the hill he gave voice the short sharp bark of defiance from over the hill came the answer the promise of revenge down by terry burke's cottage bruce turned whimpering back to bed in the morning sandy mcnair found blood on wallace's muzzle and he knew there had been a battle in the night gently he felt beneath the beautiful coat finding a scratch here a lumpy bruise there but no serious injury done he threw his arms about wallace's neck and buried his face in the silky ruff good lad good lad he murmured but in his heart there was anxiety when the news spread abroad wallace stood in danger of being spoiled but sandy took him in hand drew him away from his admirers gave him a bath rubbed peroxide on his wounds and took him to a quiet place for a nap that night wallace was again at his post under the oak tree for a week peace brooded over glenfergus then on another night came the sheep killer again by some extraordinary cunning he found his way in and stole down through the sumacs and wild blueberries but the breeze carried his scent to wallace's keen nostrils and the collie rose quickly then walked slowly toward his flock every muscle tense and waiting 
again the great dark form bounded out from the shadows and down the hill and again the flock stampeded terror-stricken again there was a snarl and a rush as wallace dashed at the trespasser the big dog made a show of battle and then turned and ran up the slope wallace close at his heels at the edge of the rough ground the collie nipped him sharply in the flank and the brute flashed about with amazing quickness but wallace was ready for him the big ugly teeth shut with a snap an inch from the collie's neck and wallace made a lunge for his enemy's throat the sheep killer gave a bark of pain as he shook wallace off and down by the gardener's house bruce awoke with a start and thrust an inquiring nose against the breeze the two antagonists grappled rolled broke and closed again then out of the thicket stole another form a wicked-looking brindle bull terrier small but powerful and built for fighting out of the corner of his eye wallace caught a shadowy glimpse of the newcomer's white breast and the meaning of the big dog's manoeuvres became clear to him then there was a rush wallace snapped and missed then sprang to the other side of the big dog it was a desperate situation two against one but the collie never faltered he sprang again at the big fellow so swiftly that he got a grip in the fleshy part of his neck below the ear he knew he must fight to kill but the bull terrier understood his role he kept away from the struggling dogs for a moment and then watching his chance rushed in and seized wallace by the left hind leg his jaws were powerful the spot well chosen just above the hawk wallace knowing his peril dared not relax his hold on the more deadly foe but the terrier's teeth had found sinew and bone the pain was intense and a muffled cry was forced from his breast soon a perilous weakness began to take hold of his limbs his lungs labored painfully and he closed his eyes in his agony he was paying the penalty of a breeding a shade too fine still he hung on to relax his grip was to die again the pitiful muffled cry came from his throat the fresh breeze blew the sounds of battle the snarling and the cries to the keen ears of bruce they were perfectly intelligible to him he knew there were three dogs he knew that the battle was to the death he heard the distress cry of wallace and he knew what it meant and who uttered it all the spirit of his ancestors dogs of faithfulness and courage every one awoke in his breast he became strong and eager he tugged violently at his chain the lynx held the staple was clenched on the inside of the packing-box kennel but the boards were thin the construction flimsy and with a crack and a smash bruce broke loose and dashed at top speed across garden and stable-yard dangling a piece of board behind him up the hill he sped wallace's second cry of agony caught his ears and spurred him on without a moment's delay he plunged into the fray with rare judgment he seized the terrier by the throat and his strong jaws closed in a vice-like grip the terrier loosed his hold of wallace's leg and tried to turn on his new assailant but bruce had him he was powerless bruce felt him gradually weaken and then collapse and with a final shake he cast him aside and leaped to wallace's aid 
the big dog seeing him shook off the weakened wallace with one last desperate effort and bounding into the thicket disappeared forever from the pastures of glenfergus terry burke was awakened from his first sleep by the furious barking of bruce the dog was usually quiet at night and terry knew that something must be wrong he sprang out of bed hastily drew on trousers and shoes and hurried out of the house bruce leaped up upon him in his excitement and then dashed off terry unable to understand stepped into the carriage shed and lighted a lantern he tried to quiet bruce but the dog continued his excited barking dashing off and returning repeatedly trying to tell the man what the trouble was as they started off sandy mcnair appeared within the circle of the lantern light what's a beast making all the row about he inquired gruffly but terry was in no mood for repartee sure it's that i'm trying to learn he replied sandy was about to frame some scathing rejoinder but bruce's evident eagerness to lead them toward the west pasture awoke in him a sudden alarm and he fell silently in beside terry the two men followed bruce rapidly across the lower meadow through the gate in the wire fence and up the hill the sheep were still huddled together but were quiet now the cause of their terror had evidently departed as the men reached the brow of the hill sandy ran suddenly forward and fell on his knees above the prostrate wallace oh laddie my pure bonnie laddie he moaned lapsing into his broad scotch you're hurt but you're not done to death oh laddie you're not done to death wallace was lying on his side panting painfully his beautiful eyes closed in weakness but at his master's appeal he lifted his head opened his eyes and feebly licked the hand that caressed him an exclamation from terry who had turned away from a scene that was almost too much for his irish heart caused sandy to look up terry was holding the lantern above the lifeless form of the bull terrier sandy sprang to his side and turned the carcass over with his foot and then he looked at the collar tis holman's jack said he it was a good dog tis not like him to come killin sheep both men were puzzled sandy could not believe that the small terrier born fighter though he was could so nearly have done for wallace then he went back to the slowly reviving collie and began feeling gently beneath the long silky coat lumps bruises and scratches were numerous enough but he found no serious wound till he came to the sadly mangled leg his words of pity were stilled by a sudden fear what was the meaning of this surely wallace would not have been running away it was terry who discovered the black hair in wallace's teeth there was no black hair on the terrier sandy leaped to his feet with joy twas the big black one he cried ah wallace was cruel two sheep killers said terry sure must have been a grand fight twa sheep killers echoed sandy and then glancing at bruce's dangling chain he added thoughtfully and twa collies comprehension of the situation broke at last upon the minds of both they stood for a few moments in silence then bruce came forward almost shyly and sniffed at wallace's muzzle walked around him found the bleeding leg and licked it tenderly simultaneously the two men looked at each other and as quickly their eyes fell come said terry breaking the awkward silence we must get him down to his kennel there'll be no more sheep-killers about to-night 
tenderly they picked wallace up and carried him between them down the hill bruce trotting close behind next morning the two men met in the yard how's your wallace asked terry somewhat sheepishly his eyes fixed on the weather vane he's doing well thank ye said sandy patting bruce's head with a studied air of absent-mindedness the bone was not broken but he will be lame for a long time i fear i shall have to train bruce to mind the sheep maybe maybe he couldn't learn terry managed to say almost bursting with pride uh, we might try returned sandy cautiously if you should feel like saying a kind word to wallace you'll find him in the kitchen yes yeah, said terry i was thinking i'd like to see the poor dog and if you was to drop in again this evening to see him maybe you'd not mind a wee game of pinochle before bedtime why well, no said terry as he started away gazing fondly into the soft upturned eyes of bruce i'd not mind end of story two